Metal Mike here, and in this episode, we talk to the killer guitarist Harrison Marcello from the band Tempt. Tempt is a modern band that plays in that fun hard rock style that you remember from the 80s. We talk about their new single, Living Dangerous, opening for Bon Jovi at Madison Square Garden, and Death Leopard showing some of their cover songs some love. Hey, the 80s Glam Metalcast is offering a monthly subscription plan now through Anchor for $4.99. There's a link in the description below. Not only can you support the podcast for the price of one Starbucks coffee, I'll give you exclusive content every month for your subscription. So sign up today. Now here's Harrison. Check it out. So Harrison, welcome to the 80s Glam Metalcast. How you doing, my friend? Good. How are you doing, Mike? Oh man, I am doing great. I'm looking forward to talking about some rock with you. Awesome. Well, hey, this is the '80s glam metal cast, and the question for you, Harrison, right out of the gate here is: Were you even born in the '80s? I was not. I was born <laughs> a few years after. Okay. <laughs> well, that's okay because you definitely have that '80s rock in your blood, man. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, anything you know. As a guitar player, it's kind of like anything from the 60s, 70s, the 80s. Is Those are the guys that wrote the book on guitar playing that everyone still uses. Oh, most definitely. So you guys got a new single out right now. It's called Living Dangerous. And, man, it sounds awesome. For, like, an old-timer like me, you know, I'm hearing, like, Death Leopard vibes, Danger Danger vibes. But it's also got, like, a fresh and modern feel to it as well. Tell everybody about this song. Yeah, you know, Living Dangerous is really a song that's... um that's, it's kind of a, a reflection on what we've been through in the past. You know, when we wrote this, you know, we were touring a lot. We were we just played with Bon Jovi and Madison Square Garden. We did his cruise. Um, we were playing out in L.A. So we, it was, it's kind of a song, you know, that we wanted to write, you know, about our lives and, you know, our interactions with fans and just the fun that we've been having as a band and just, it's just how great it's been. And, yeah, you're right to point out, I mean, we have a lot of influences from all those bands and, you know, instead of doing a thing where we just kind of are, you know, doing a copycat thing, we want to take that kind of fun rock aesthetic that used to be so prominent and bring that back, you know, with a with a modern production, modern songwriting. And we feel like, you know, this is the music that we want to write and, and, and we're really happy with how it turned out and we're excited for the rest of the album to come out. Well, that was leading to my next question. So, so this will lead to a, a full-length album at some point. Yeah, so we've had we've had a full length album done for a while now. It's just we with with everything with the huge disruption of COVID and all that stuff, we've been just waiting for the right opportunity to release it. So we will have a few more singles coming in the next few months, and then the record should be out first quarter of next year. So so we're only months away, which will okay. be awesome. That's awesome. And for the style that you have, is this pretty much a good representation, this single, of what kind of music uh, is on the album? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, you know, we, like I said, we're, we want to just write fun songs that connect with our audience. For me and, and for the guys in the band, you know, music is really, it's we we view music as an elevation of our lives. You know, we were. We're not we're not sad people. We're not depressed. We're we're having fun, you know, living in New York City, and we write music that can take people out of the day to life, day to day lives and elevate them. And I think that that single is a great representation. The rest of the album has some great rock songs. Um, has some definitely veers off and has a few different, you know, exploring a few different styles. But you know, we wrote a bunch of songs for this album and only picked the best of the best. So we we think everything is great on it and 
it's not like we've gone back and listened to it and thought, oh, we could have done this or that. We, we really took the time and, and we made the record that we wanted to make. So you brought up something really interesting that I did not know is that you opened up for Bon Jovi and you went on his cruise with him. What what was that whole experience like? Yeah, so we actually, our first encounter was with, with him was we played at Madison Square Garden with him, which as all of us being native New Yorkers, mm-hmm. we all live in New York. Playing in an arena with Bon Jovi is one thing, but then getting to play at Madison Square Garden, which is considered, you know, their slogan is the world's most famous arena. Right, so, right. So to have that, that we opened for them was incredible. And um, so, you know, when he was on his last tour, he was having local acts open up for him and, and all the cities he was playing, and, and he chose us to play at MSG with him. And you know, the whole experience was just amazing. You know, the, the, my favorite part personally was the sound check because you know you walk into an empty Madison Square Garden with the house lights on. You see, you know, the Rangers and Knicks retired jerseys hanging up. Mm-hmm. The whole place is completely empty. And then that first moment of plugging in your guitar and just like slamming an E chord and just hearing it <laughs> reverberate around this empty arena. To me, that was that was the best part for me. And he actually told us a really funny story because he only gave us 20 minutes. Uh, he only gave us a 20-minute set, and we got to meet with him before we went on, and he said, do you know why I gave you guys a 20-minute set? And we said, no, why? And he explained to us that when he had played MSG for the first time, he was opening for ZZ Top, and they gave him 30 minutes, and they were all so nervous they played their entire set in 20. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Like, so yeah. then... From playing that, we established kind of a relationship with the, with them and, and his crew, and they invited us the following year to play on the Bon Jovi crew, which is awesome. Man, that is awesome. So he's, you think he's a pretty cool guy? What was he like uh, to interact with? He was really cool. I, you know, I was actually more nervous about meeting him than actually playing the show. <laughs> <I imagine. laughs> to, me, that was, yeah, to me, that was the hardest part, but he, he was amazingly gracious to us and you know the operation he just runs is i mean you can tell why he's still out of all the bands from the 80s and early 90s why he's still at the top because mm-hmm. it's just it's just was so professional everyone was so nice and in particular we had we actually sound checked before him and i remember we just finished doing the sound check and i said to one of his roadies you know thinking should we clear our stuff off since they're going to sound check um, after us, and he said, "No, they'll just play around you." And for a ba- for someone at his level to do that just shows, you know, how down to earth he is. There's bands we played with, you know, on the D level, you know, in the past. Who would be so arrogant to make him move his stuff off the stage <laughs> after sound checking? So, yeah, he was great. His whole crew was great, and then they invited us on the cruise, and that was totally amazing experience as well. So, wow, that is just unreal, man. When I go on YouTube. Um, under your channel, you guys got some really interesting stuff on there, and you've done some cool covers, uh, especially uh, some by Death Leopard. You've got Hysteria, mm-hmm. uh, Women, Animal, and they're they're killer, and they've got quite a bit of views as well. Now, did some of these got attention from the members of Death Leopard, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, we did the we did it was the Women cover in particular that got int- attention from them. And I remember we had all, we had put it out, and it was only after it was like a few days after, maybe a week after, and we were all in the studio together. I think it was before rehearsal or something. And I remember Zach 
our singer just showed me his phone and he was almost like, is this a real account? Because you always see like on Facebook and stuff, there's like fake Joe Elliott <laughs> yes, emailing yes. people. Yeah. So it was almost like this moment of disbelief where we're wondering, is this, a, is this actually the Def Leppard account? Because without even us knowing that it was going to happen, they had, it was originally Rick Allen actually, sorry, it was originally Rick Allen that tweeted it out um, to his followers. So that's why we weren't sure. We thought this, this is probably a fake Rick Allen account. We double checked that it was him. And so we were obviously freaking out. And then only a few hours after that, the entire kind of social media team of Def Leppard, I guess, was putting it on their Twitter and their Instagram and Facebook. And so that was that was a pretty surreal, <laughs> surreal moment. Isn't it amazing? You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of us out there have had our favorite artists like one of our tweets or, or tweet, retweet it. And it's so cool because like something you've done, they've seen it or they know who you are. And to the level that you're talking where, I mean, hey, you're, you're playing their song and they're digging it and they're sending it out, man. That's that's pretty huge. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, obviously all that's great. And it was nice too that you know, they posted it because you know their music is is hard to cover and and when we whenever we do covers we like to you know straddle that fine line of you know wanting to be true to the original and the original intentions but then also putting our own spin on on whatever we're covering so and that record especially is just so perfect that you know <laughs> there's a lot of needles to thread on how you actually go about you know not I don't want to say improving the song but putting your own spin on it without completely ruining what's already so what's already been done to perfection. <laughs> Definitely. You know, it's funny when I listen to him, and I think because, especially with Hysteria, there's so many voices, a lot of times I can't completely understand the lyrics, and I feel like when you guys do, did the songs, I was like, oh, that's what they're saying there. I, I can understand the words a little better when there's not all those voices, but it's uh, it, it was, man, killer job on those covers. Well, well, I remember, well, when we were doing the women cover, especially when I had Jack over at my place recording the vocal and we were recording the background vocals together. There are at least like four or five moments where I've been, where I thought to myself, wait, I've been singing, I've been yelling that at the top of my lungs in my car wrong for like six years now. That's not actually what the lyrics are. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you said that because I was starting to think maybe it was only me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that, it's that amazing um, Mutt Lang enunciation stuff where every vowel is like, uh, and and that type of thing and sometimes the words it sounds great but sometimes you have no idea what's being said on that record you know another thing that i saw on your channel which i was so happy to see was um bailed of the white fry by alice cooper that's probably my favorite song by alice cooper such an underrated tune by him and uh, you guys did a killer job on that one is that one of your favorite must be somebody's favorite in the band you know it's that was you know a song that i always knew about but i had kind of like grew unfamiliar with it again and we were looking to kind of do a fun thing for halloween and for some reason that thread just popped back up into my mind and you know you know like everyone has songs that they love and then somehow a few years go by and you're like wait i haven't listened to that song in like years you know it's a song that i love Mm -hmm. so so we kind of went back and revisited that and we thought it'd be a great halloween song and it's it's cool you know the lyrics are very halloweeny and 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 interesting and it's also not just like a cliche halloween song it's kind of a little you know i don't know many people that have covered that track actually so i don't either um i I thought it was just fun to do i think it's a great song 
Another cool thing that I noticed is some of these crazy guitar covers that you've got out there, man. You're doing freaking uh, Get the Funk Out by Extreme, and, and you're nailing it. You do Little Ain't Enough. Uh, man, dude, you are phenomenal on guitar. I'm sure you've been told that before, but, I mean, you, you nailed those. And I'm going to put links to some of these things that we talk about in the description of the video. But, man, that, that stuff was spot on, man. Those were really hard. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Because I, well, that was like, I was working on those right into, that was a few months after kind of COVID had started. So, you know, we had just finished the record. I think we got the mastered, uh, mastered version of our record completely finished in June or so, early June or late May of 2020. So at that point, we had just been, we had been working on that record that whole year and COVID had just started, everyone was in lockdown, so we just said, you know, we're going to take a few months off from writing music, you know, like, we just finished the record, let's just chill for a few months and, and, and kind of just not write it all during the summer. And that's when I kind of got back into, you know, I go through phases with guitar playing of, like, not really learning covers and just focusing on my own music and then for a few months and then going back to just trying to learn the hardest stuff I can think of. So that was like the perfect opportunity. It was COVID. No one was doing anything. Sitting in my room all by myself. Let me learn some crazy songs that I love that I've always wanted to learn. And yeah, both of those are super challenging, but they're so fun because it's not just, you know, a lot of times it's like the guitar solo is the best part of the song. For me, a track like A Little Ain't Enough, especially like just the rhythm playing the entire song mm -hmm. is so well done and so crazy but it just works so well. Like when you're actually just vibing and listening to the track, you can't even really tell like how much insane shredding is going on in the background. <laughs> um, so that one, that one was probably my favorite one to do. And the extreme one is the same. I mean, Nuno Betancourt is, is, is nuts. He's amazing. So, I'm glad you like those. They were definitely, uh, I probably couldn't play them now, though. <laughs> <laughs> so talk a little bit about some of your, your guitar heroes. Who are, who are your inspirations on guitar? And then even talk about some bands that are your favorite bands. Yeah, so, you know, it's funny because when I first started playing guitar, I was probably in 10 or 11. I played piano previously for many years when I wanted to kind of get into guitar. And when I first started learning it, I wasn't too serious about it. It was kind of just, you know, the campfire guitar type thing. I'll learn a couple of, you know, songs everyone knows and be able to strum the chords well enough. And that was the kind of extent of my interest into wanting to play guitar. It wasn't until I was coming home from summer camp when I was probably like 11 or 12 and my dad had in the car the Ozzy Osbourne Randy Rhodes tribute, the live tribute record. Uh. And that was when I remember kind of my ears and eyes opening up and being, oh my God, this guy is crazy. This guitar, I've never heard a guitar sound like this before. I really want to, you know, do this. And it was from that, so I got a credit of Randy Rhodes because it was from that point on that I started, you know, wanting to actually learn all the intricate stuff, learning how to play scales, learning how to play those songs on that record. And so it was at that point that I really kind of started my guitar journey officially. So he's probably my biggest inspiration. And it's so hard, it's hard to give me a list of others. Obviously people like um, Van Halen, um, Ingve Malmsteen, sure. um, uh, Steve Lukather is one of my favorite guitar players. You know, all those guys kind of transitioning from the late 70s to early 80s are some of my favorite players. 
So is this how you got into this music? Is like through your your parents? Well, my parents are always into you know classic rock as as most people's parents are. Right. Music from the sixties and seventies, and but yeah, it was really guitar that brought me to that because as a guitar player, it's you know that's kind of the that the late seventies, early eighties into the nineties is really the era of the guitar god. So. Uh-huh. If you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to become a cool guitar player and a shredder and, and whatnot, especially when you're a 13 year old kid, there's no better place to go than, you know, Van Halen and Ozzy Osbourne and all all those people. So a lot of people, this comes out, you know, on websites and, and different outlets all the time. But the whole rock is dead thing, you know. I personally don't believe that it's dead, but I I believe it could be like commercially impaired at the moment. Um, so for like a younger guy playing this music, what's your expectation? Where where can this go? Where do you see it going? I think um, this record and, and, you know, we've been writing a lot of music during the pandemic as well. We almost have the next record done, believe it wow. <laughs> But uh, I think this record can go as far as any record being put out today by anyone um, in any genre. Because I think what we did on the record was you know, obviously, we've espoused that we have roots in, you know, the 70s and 80s, especially the aesthetic of, you know, fun rock, which isn't really around anymore. It seems that all kind of rock music or band-related music is either way too heavy or way too soft. There's no real um, fun rock anymore. And that kind of rock star attitude has seemed to kind of been lost. There's a vacuum there. So I think we've, I think we really took our inspirations from those eras and like I said, brought it up to speed, um, not just copying it, but bringing fun rock into the modern age, modern production, modern songwriting, modern, you know, engineering techniques and all that type of stuff. And, you know, as much as I love all that music of the past, I mean, we are actively listening to modern music all day long. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I, I love everything from, you know, we did a, we did a YouTube cover of the Kanye, one of the new Kanye West tracks, which I love, Jail, which is on our YouTube. It's, it's pretty cool. We really rocked that one out. And everything from alternative stuff like MGMT to The Killers to The Weeknd. So we're, we're always listening to all types of music and trying to draw inspiration from everything. And I think that's hopefully will make this record stand out as being, is kind of, you know, re-entering rock into something that's competitive in that way and that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, especially in my generation, haven't really heard proper fun rock music. So you know, you'd be surprised at the amount of younger people my age that come to our shows and are completely enthralled by seeing a live band and seeing guitar solos just because they've never really experienced that before. So I think I think this can go as far as, as any record being put out by anyone else today. I don't think that it being rock or, you know, having guitar or band will hinder it. Um, as much as people think, I totally, I totally don't buy the rock is dead uh, kind of meme that's been going around. Mm-hmm. I think rock just has to be, you know, brought back into the back into the modern, you know, kind of paradigm. Yeah, I, and I think it's going to just take a band or two to to bust the thing wide open. So, hey, man, I I, ho- I definitely hope it's you guys because uh, we need it. Rock needs it. Yeah, totally. And I mean, there's there's been a bunch of new music that has come out. Um, you know, Willow Smith's record. I mean, that's a rock record. So, and that was number one on Apple for a, a month or two. So, I think people are starting to kind of 
get back into wanting to see bands play. And I, I think there's a lot of, there's a bright future for rock on the horizon in the next decade. I went back and I was jamming on your 2016 album, Runaway. And man, I think this album kicks major ass. I mean, the song Under My Skin, Paralyzed. Uh, I, re- I enjoy it, man. It definitely reminds me of an album that I would have listened to like in the late 80s. And there's something about your singer's voice, especially on that album. I'm a big fan of this band, um, Lillian Axe. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. but uh, Yeah, I've heard of them. Your singer... Go back and listen to um, Lillian Axe's debut album from 1988 sometime, their self-titled album. There's something about your singer's voice and his just kind of is reminiscent of each other. And it was like, so it was working for me because I, I love that band. And I didn't know if you guys had ever heard of them or ever heard that comparison. But um, yeah, I mean, that album's great, man. Full of cool songs with that the 80s vibes. Yeah, I've, I've definitely listened to a few of the tracks. I haven't in a while, though, so I will, I'm going to go back and listen to that. Cause I've, I've never heard that comparison before, so I'm curious to see how, how much it rings true. <laughs> well, hey, man, it's been awesome talking with you about all this stuff. I'm so glad that there's younger people out there that are carrying the flag, waving the flag for rock. Uh, I wish you all the best with the single, the new album that's on the way. When, again, do you think that'll be out, and do you guys have a title for it or anything yet? Um, all, we have a title and stuff, but that's, you know, all it's still top secret, you know. Um, but, <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I would just, you know, give a social media plug for anyone interested. Definitely check out the single. Go to Spotify, follow us on Spotify, because, you know, a lot of people don't know that you can follow artists on Spotify, and that's actually the quickest way to get their stuff you know you'll see that usually more quicker than you'll see a social media post but all our social media is tempt band and um we will definitely have the record at first quarter of this coming year so any anywhere between like january and march it should the full record should be at there will be a few singles coming before that that we'll be releasing and for updates and all that stuff in shows just any of our social media whether it's facebook instagram twitter best place to just get instant updates so that's tempt band for all the social media and then harrison what do you want to say to all the tempt fans that have been following you guys and supporting you guys <laughs> i would just say you guys are the best our fans know that we try to talk with them as much as we can um and that just i know it's been i know you guys have wanted this record because for almost two years now it's hard to believe that covid's been going on for two years right but, it will be coming. Oh. Up, it'll be coming out soon, and we will be touring soon, and all will be right in the world. So just hang on a little longer. Awesome. Take Thank care. Thank you. Good to see you, ladies, man. Well, that was great talking with Harrison. Hey, make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube, and consider being a subscriber through Anchor. Rock on.